hopefully. He has recording. my heart. He has my heart. Did Here. you say Fred has your heart? Yes. One uh, of my hearts. Oh. Oh dear. Carrie has the other. Mike All right. Has it's my heart. Wife. But that's okay. Andrea, you can have um, the stomach. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cheese it for the win. Oh. Full of Cheez-Its, and you know what we're not cheesing on right now, guys? The fact that we are finally recording Kate Chronicles episode number 58. The running gag that we will never, ever get to this movie, because something always comes up. But we did. It is Iron Man 2 from 2010, the best Iron Man sequel to date. So, uh... <laughs> With all that being said, I am one of your amazing hosts here on the Cape Chronicles. I am Mike. You can find me on Twitter at the DC Mike. And now I'm going to go to the one and the only Andrea. Hi, Mike. How's it going? It's going wonderful today. That is fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Really excited for my second week of school. Ooh, Yay! It's coming. Yep. So, hey, where can our fine folks find you on Twitter, Andrea? You can find me on Twitter at Cats Bears. That's K T Z B E A R Z. All right, and the next one up, the one, the only. See now, if I pick one or the other, the other one's gonna get hurt. So, um, let's see. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I, I uh, well, I'm doing as good as I can be, you know, considering that I am not on fire and sitting, but I'm just, I'm just sitting in a bowl full of smoke that I did not create for myself in my apartment. So, yeah. The sky is falling where Carrie's living, everybody. Sky so. is falling. Wow, I I did not need to I did not need to see that. Wow, and wow. the one who is sharing nudes with everybody, Fred. How are you? <laughs> what up, Mike? What up, nerd? You have to explain it. I do not. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure I want to know. He's not sharing nudes. I would not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we have. Wait, do you guys have these in the states? Probably what? not. No. So, so there's a drink. It's a vodka soda drink. It's called Nude. So Fred put it up on the screen, and that's why I asked Mike if he wanted nudes on chat. <laughs> so the reason wow. why it's nudes because it, it, there's nothing in it. It's just soda water, some flavor, and some vodka. So there's like. No calories, no carbs, no sugar. But no it flavor. tastes like this this movie. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like medicine. Oh boy. What? Oh dear. Oh. I think, I need, I, think I need more vodka oh. in my orange juice. Fred, how are you though? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. A um, couple weeks now in the new promotion. Uh, things are starting to calm down slightly. So that's good news. All right. All right. Well, um, so if you all hear this uh, hitters episode, it's probably not going to release. We're, we're going to release probably a week after we record this um, on the weekend that I have actually moved into a new house. So I won't have internet. So that's why we're recording early. 
so by the time you hear this, I would have already moved into the new home and hopefully found an internet provider because if not, you won't be able to hear from me until I find an internet provider. And that just makes everybody sad in life. I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> but we're here to talk about that. We're here to talk about some Iron Man 2. So, Carrie, are we ready, yes. everybody, to dig into some Iron Man? Yeah. All right, so let's shoot some donuts, blow up some watermelons, and talk about Iron Man 2 Carrie. Let's do it. All right, with the world now aware of his dual life as the armored superhero Iron Man, billionaire inventor Tony Stark faces pressure from the government, the press, and the public to share his technology with the military. Unwilling to let go of his of his invention, Stark, along with Pepper Potts and James Rhodey Rhodes, uh, at his side must forge new alliances and confront powerful enemies. Bum, dum. I, I just have to say, like, I am Iron Man is not half as cool as I am Batman. <laughs> this is true. Amen. But they, they are the same. We'll talk about that later. Yes. This is true. They are. So... All right, what's the box office for this movie? Box office details. The distributor was Paramount Pictures. Runtime was two hours and four minutes. It was rated PG-13. Uh, release date was May 7th, uh, 2010. Uh, budget was $170 million. Opening weekend domestic was $128.1 million. Lifetime domestic gross uh, was $321.4 million according to Box Office Mojo. Worldwide gross was $621.1 million. Uh, Rotten Tomato score, the critics gave it a whopping 73, and the audience not far behind at 71%. Hmm. Okay. And there really wasn't any competition for this movie, as far as I could see. I think so. everybody just steered clear of a Marvel movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Smart people. So... All right. So, when it comes to <laughs> cast and crew, the director, shush, 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 I, I'm getting better. Hey, she, it's not like she, she didn't need prompting. It was fine. I know. See? I'm you are so proud of you. Thank so you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, director was John Favreau. He, um, the, um, sorry, he directed Iron Man and Iron Man 2, um, also the Jungle Book 1 and 2. Um, in terms of actors and composers, um, we have obviously Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. He was also in Sherlock Holmes, Back to School, and also Chaplin. Um, we also have Gwyneth Paltrow, who was Pepper Potts. She was also in The Politician and Seven. Um, we have Don Chadle as James Rhodes, or um, also as War Machine. Um, he was in the Oceans Trilogy. Um, we have Scarlett Johansson as Natalia Romanoff, but she went um, as Natasha something else. I don't Natalie. remember. Oh, yeah, Natalie, sorry. Yeah. Um, she was me. in Jojo Rabbit and also The Jungle Book. Um, we have Sam Rockwell, who was Justin Hammer, he was in Galaxy Quest, The Green Mile, um, and also Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, we have Mickey Rourke, um, who was Ivan Vanko. I um, also, I think Quick, no, Whiplash, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, Whiplash. I want my yes. Bird. He was in Sin City and also The Expandables. 
Um, we have John Slattery, who was Howard Stark. He was in Madman and Underdog. Um, we have obviously John Favreau himself, um, who played um, Happy Hogan. He was also in Chef and Star Wars as Rio Durant, Paz Vizla, and Pre Vizla. Um, we have Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel J. J- no, is it L, L or J? It's L. Jackson. I okay. typo. Sorry. The show notes I, have failed. I had, I had, I had, I hadn't even started drinking at the time either. So See? I <laughs> know, I know. No, actually, no, actually, I had been drinking. Never mind. So we have Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. He was also in Star Wars, Unbreakable, and The Incredibles. Um, Gary Shandling as Senator Stern. He was in The Jungle Book um, and also The Larry Sanders Show. Paul Bettany as Jarvis. He was in Star Wars, The Knight's Tale, and also The Da Vinci Code. And finally, we have Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson. Um, And he was also in Much Ado About Nothing and also New Adventures of Old Christine. Um, And when it comes to composer, we have John Debney. Um, He composed also Hocus Pocus and City, The Orville, and also Sequest. I like the Orville. It's awesome. The Orville is so much fun. It's like it's like low, it's like slightly lower brow Star Trek. Oh, it's such a satire, but it knows it is. It's so much fun. It knows it is, but it it, it knows it wants to be. It it knows it wants to have morals. It just knows that maybe they're pl- it's playing to a different audience than that would see watch Star Trek. I think it's playing to the Star Trek fans that oh, find yeah. it really funny. Oh, yeah. I, you I know, agree. I, I actually like the Orville, believe it or not. And I don't like Star Trek, but I like the Orville. <clears throat> I, I, don't even, I don't even know how that how that happens. It just doesn't. It doesn't. No, it really so, doesn't. All right, so one of the new things we did is I decided to go ahead and throw up behind-the-scenes stuff before we get into the movie. And the reason, and the reason I did that is because I figured – if some of the behind-the-scenes stuff may help on how we think about the movie and discuss it. So, um, a little bit behind the scenes. We do have a Stan Lee appearance uh, mm-hmm. at around 10 minutes. The man wearing suspenders, who Stark identifies as Larry King. Uh, okay, so here is one of the big things um, in regards to Don Cheeto and... Um, uh, Terrence Howard. Howard. All right. So Terrence Howard was replaced. A lot of people wonder why he's replaced. Here it is. So Terrence Howard was replaced with Don Cheadle in the part of Rhodes for no perceived reason, with the actor claiming that his original three picture deal and matching salary wasn't honored by Marvel. Entertainment Weekly later claimed that director John Favreau had not been happy with Howard's performance in Iron Man, often reshooting or cutting his scenes. When it was time for sequel, Favreau and the co-writer Justin Theroux purposely reduced Howard's screen time, which led Marvel to ask Howard, who had been the best-paid actor in Iron Man, to accept an 80% pay cut. Although Marvel suspended, supposedly maintained it was because they didn't consider Howard vital for the film's commercial success. Howard refused, claiming that the real reason for the pay cut was to meet Robert Downey Jr.'s reported 2,000% salary increase. Cheadle 
was then sought as replacement, and Rhodes' role beefed up again. Although Howard initially blamed Downey Jr. for taking the money that was supposed to go to him and pushing him out, uh, both actors would later make amends. What do you guys think about that? I was pretty surprised at first when I saw this movie and saw that he was replaced. I mean, okay, so I'm just going to be a very... um, This was my train of thought before. The original actor was a little bit more attractive than the one that we got for Iron Man 2 and beyond. So I was like, ah, ah, the cypher, like, he was a little bit more attractive. And I'm saying this from before, from when I first saw Iron Man 2. Um, But I honestly like, what's his name? The one that he's... uh, Yeah, I I like his performance a lot more because he's the one that has followed through with all the Marvel movies. Um, So yeah, I just prefer him now that I've gotten used to him. And I think that it was good for them to replace him if he wasn't the right fit, not just keep somebody because of Christ's sake. Right. Um, It's unfortunate. Yeah. So the, the the way I saw, I think Cheetah was a great actor. I wish we would have got more Terrence Howard simply because of the fact that I felt like he was more along the age line of Tony Stark. Don Cheadle, you know, for all his good he did in there, seems a little older or quite a bit older really? than Tony. He, he seems I thought a bit so. younger than Tony. Oh, n- n- not to me. He seemed he 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 looked older to me, um, but I, I think. The way Terrence Howard played off of with Tony was very good. Um, mm-hmm. I wish we would have got more, but I, I, I'm here. I am happy with Cheadle. So, um, who knows uh, what we would have got? Um, our next bit in uh, discussion part is this: uh, the photo of Ivan being arrested that Tony Stark views in his research is an actual media photo of Mickey Rourke being arrested on a drug charge when he was younger. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> so, uh. Hammer's factory is really Elon Musk's SpaceX facility in Hawthorne, California. The people walking in the background are actual employees, even though filming took place at night. By the way, Mike, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is one year older than Don, or one year younger than Don Cheadle. Well, he looks younger in the movie. Well, that's because he's Robert Downey Jr. and he you know, he's Robert Downey Jr. He's Robert Downey He's RDJ. So, uh, let's see. Numerous news clippings shown in the film show Tony Stark and Ivan Vanko when they were younger men. Most of these are actual photos of RDJ and Mickey Rourke, both of whom came to fame in the 1980s. Um, it has been confirmed by actor Tom Holland, who plays Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, in MCU, that his character appeared in the movie. And was the little boy at the Stark Expo wearing the Iron Man helmet when the Expo was attacked by Hammertech drones? Yeah, awesome. and and that 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 technically brings the entire uh, Marvel universe into one movie because we had Kate Mara and Olivia Munn in this movie. Oh snap! Yep. Uh, the release of this film would represent the greatest gap in the Marvel Cinematic Universe coming almost two years after the Hulk. Uh, also, by the way, Terrence Howard is um, five, four years younger than Robert Downey Jr. Mm, see? 
just works. Just works. <laughs> All right, I, casting. I, did the research, man. Ca I know. I'm not good at research. I just throw stuff okay. out. Hope it sticks. That's okay. Uh, Emily Blunt was set to star as Natasha Romanoff or Black Widow, but had to pull out due to scheduling conflicts with her movie Gulliver's Travels. I actually like Natasha. Uh, sorry, um, Scarlett really? Johansson. I just I think that she fits the part a lot better than Emily Blunt would have done. So I really like that she did not have time in her schedule to be in this movie. <laughs> Plus, this leaves the door open for her them to cast her as as uh, Sue Storm. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, some other ladies that were considered for Natasha was Jessica Biel, uh, Gemma um, Arterton, um, Natalie Portman, come on, uh, Jessica Alba, and Angelina Jolie were all considered for the role. No. Who threw Angelina Jolie in the role for that? I think she's a little bit too, like, she's too mature. I don't want to say old, because she doesn't look old, but I think that she's way too mature for this role. Yeah, yeah. Portman, Portman could have done it. Just saying, just throwing it out there. I yeah, would have been okay but she's with, with Thor. I would have been okay with it. Just saying. I know uh, you would have been. <laughs> she has my third heart. Um, the, the last <laughs> bit, of, the last bit of casting I got is Al Pacino was also considered for the role of Justin Hammer. You know what? That almost could have worked, but I mean. Sam Rockwell, man. This is oh, he, this is, he, he this, is coming, this is this is com this is like coming off of you know Hitchhikers and a couple of his other movies, and like yeah, like dude, he lit it up in this movie. This is Sam Rockwell done. Uh, speaking, he's just of the right amount of smarmy. Right, and so of, he wants he wants to be rock star, but he's not going to be. Sorry. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I was just speaking to Sam Rockwell. Uh, as we talk about the movie, uh, I loved the character of Justin Hammer in this movie. Uh, I'm just going to say it out that I think he played it perfectly. Um, I, I think everything about him in this movie was exactly what it needed to be as a antagonist to Tony Stark. I completely agree. So those who are listening right now on our on our feed here, here's chirping. I am outside recording because that's where the best internet signal goes. And unfortunately, there is a cricket who decides to follow me around and doesn't want to leave me alone. So I'm going to try to go to the other side of the room. If only he would turn his video off before he did that. It just made Carrie. It just made Carrie dizzy. No, but Hopefully like the sound, he's just like, okay, he's moving to the other side of the room. Let me be a little bit louder. Like, it's just so cute. It's funny. Because <laughs> he wants to be part of the show. He's like I our know. like our co-host. Yeah, we have a, we have a fifth co-host tonight. Can you, can you, can you cricket. still hear the cricket? Yes. You can't win, dude. That's really funny. That is amazing. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. As we're talking about Justin Hammer, um, I really liked Justin Hammer personally. Um, I thought he was an absolute um, gem in this movie. I think he was a great antagonist to Tony Stark, even though I know Ivan Vanko was. 
I thought that um, that that uh, Justin Hammer was a great addition to this. I wish we would have got more of Hammer. Although, in although it is given given the way he is portrayed, it is fitting that you don't you don't actually see Hammer anymore after this episode uh, after this movie. But you occasionally get nods to Hammer Tech, and they're usually people dumping on Hammer Tech. Huh. <laughs> That's true. Awesome. Oh. Anything else that you all have? Um, I, I didn't have it in my notes here, but you know, I, I think I remember the Guardians talking about, you know, Tony dealing with his PTSD after in Iron Man three, and w- after you know the events of the Avengers, because I'm jumping the timeline here. But really, I mean, let's think about you know the progression here. We're on, we're on his second movie, and he's already been you know taken hostage and nearly killed, and then you know had to, and you know been dealing with, you know, being poisoned by the thing that was keeping him alive. So by the time so by the time you get to um to the end of the Avengers and he's, you know, trying to sacrifice himself to save the save the galaxy, like yeah, that, I could see what the, I can see where the PTSD came from. But honestly, like I I'm going to say this and I think it's very ill advice for me to say this, but some of his actions led to the problems that he had. He was yeah. so arrogant. He was so cocky in a lot of the things that he did. And he he's and and Fred mentioned it before, he is like a like a more pretentious version of um Bruce Banner. No, sorry. Um Bruce Wayne. Oh God. Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne, sorry. Um ah. yeah, just he's just he's- Arrogant. He's a, he's has a self-destructive streak about him. That was that that I think is in. I haven't read a lot of the comics, but I so I don't know. But I think from what I've heard, that is a known character trait in Tony. Uh, someone like Tim or or John would probably know better. Um, he does have an addictive person addictive personality. I think he. Um, I think in the comics he is a al- he is an actual alcoholic. So, I mean, I get that part. I just think that yes, okay, so he can be like that in the comics, but the way that they portrayed him in this movie just makes him a little bit too unlikable. Uh, what I was See? trying to say when we were watching this, uh, I went to Adrian like superheroes are supposed to be role models. This is not a role model I want my children to follow. No, mm-hmm. no. But you know, though, but you know, you you said it likens it to a per, the more pretentious Bruce Wayne. To be perfectly honest, he reminds me of a lot of the Christian Bale Batman mm-hmm. in Batman Begins. You had this, you had this pretentious Bruce Wayne who flaunted money, got into a pool with two models yeah. in the restaurant. He, that's who it almost felt like. Um, watching it, so that that description, yeah, fit. But uh, I, I could see. But you know what, though, I, I like Stark's journey in this movie, though I, I really did. I, I 
for as bad as some things that he had was, and you like you said, Fred, he's not a role model that you want your kids watching and growing. Oh, I want to be an alcoholic like 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 Tony Stark, and and you you don't you don't want these things. But at the same time, his journey through this move through this movie was really well laid out. Like so, I mean, he being an alcoholic and up. falling he had down, drunk, up. smashing. Watermelons? That, that's, that's I, your idea of a superhero? I <laughs> no. think... No, but I think that the third movie does a better job at pushing him down to the ground and making him see how dumb he has oh, been in the last... I, I agree. Movies. I agree with you. So, so I... I He's I I can't stand him in this movie. I think he's just pretentious. Like, and and I think that that's what they were going for. I mean, from the very beginning, when he's on stage with these backup dancers, and and Justin Hammer actually calls him out on it. He's like, oh, I don't have um fancy dancers behind me, but I got this to show you. I, I think that it shows that everybody's aware of how arrogant and how full of himself Tony Stark is in this movie. Well, okay. Part of it is, is that he knows that he's dying and he basically no, he basically, as far as he is aware, knows of nothing that is going to keep him alive. So it's like, you know, he, he has a bit of, well, you only live once streak in him. And, you know, if, if you, if that's what if that's the mentality if you know that you have that you are looking at down the barrel of something fail like that, I am not going to judge anyone for that. And because you see him start to turn around when Fury says, "Oh no, no, your dad, your dad, your dad knew you would figure this out. Here, here's here's your dad's stuff. Have go figure out what you what it is you need to do." As far as Tony was aware, he didn't. There was no way for him to survive until they until they just put it until they said, "Oh, by the way, your dad your dad left this stuff for you. Um, maybe he maybe you have to, maybe what you're looking for is in here." So I, I get that to a certain extent. It's like, and, and I'm not going and yeah, he's trying. He ha- he's a superhero, but at the same time, you know, he's still human. And he's still, you know, trying to, you know, live for as long as he can until, you know, he stops. I just thought that whole scene with the birthday party and him just getting absolutely wrecked was pointless for the movie. Did not drive the story forward and was really not conducive to a Marvel or Disney film. Well, this no, wasn't a Disney film, yeah. Well, true enough. One thing, and I can give you that. I, I, I can, I can see that as well. You know, I, I, I don't think that whole thing was necessary. I think there could have been a different way that they could have had, you know, Rhodes take the suit some other way. Um, but we'd could, also could know. Could he though? Could could I, he really? I, I, I think could he, he could. really have. Could he really have done anything? Anything other than get in his own suit and kick the crap out of Tony in in the Iron Man suit. You know, I think he could have, um, but 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 the problem is, 
Tony was what eighty six percent or eighty four eighty six percent blood toxicity. Yeah. So yeah. he was drinking a lot by the time that happened. I mean, he mm-hmm. was guzzling a lot. Even though the funny line was, people always ask me, "How do I go pee in this suit?" Yeah. 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 Just like you know, like I, I, I get it. It was funny. I mean, it was funny to me, right? Um, but uh, I can see your point, Fred. I do. I I, I see your point too. It, it, I think the I think the party was. You know what? This is this is my this is gonna be my last birthday on this earth ever. F it. I'm gonna go get drunk because mm-hmm. why not? Well, that's no, what and- asked Natasha though. If this was your last birthday on Earth, how would you celebrate it? And she pretty much told him, I'd do whatever I want. So yeah. I didn't have any issue with the birthday party. It was just the stumbling around in the Iron Man suit. If he yeah. wasn't in the suit, it probably wouldn't have hit so hard. Yeah. yeah. So you so so you think it would have been better for him just to be just Tony, not Iron Man at that time? Right. Okay. If not, just cut the whole thing out. Okay. Anything else, guys? Uh, I didn't like a lot of um, Hammer's... uh, Justin? Well, no. (laughs) Yeah, Justin Hammer. Um, How he turned them all into drones. I I like the original plan. That That was Ivan's idea. Fair enough. That wasn't wasn't his idea. Um, Speaking of Ivan, let's talk about Ivan. What did you guys think over Ivan Vanko as the villain of this movie? I thought he was great. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of, you know, kind of hammered home a bit of what they were dealing with in the first Iron Man movie, where, you know, they're talking about, you know, how Stark's Stark's weapons have been basically killing, you know, indiscriminately, no matter what Tony thinks, whether he he sells the weapons to the wrong people or not. And this is another instance where someone, where they believe that Stark, that the Stark family screwed over their own family and we're going to get we're going to, this is payback now yeah uh, you know I, I thought I thought he was a great I think it shed a different light on Howard Stark because when we think about Howard Stark we think of this this great man started shield that kind of thing but what we don't see is sometimes the the negative well, we aspects. see that now Right, right. Now, this is our second, this is our first actual look at Howard Stark. Right, but really. they contrasted it very well at the beginning of the movie that when they true. showed this, when he showed this very great, oh, the, the future is bright for tomorrow. It's this, this great guy. And and then yet we don't see like, even even when, t- when Tony is watching the films of his dad recording, that segment and and Howard just drinking and just turns his butt to the camera and smacks his butt you know and and just just the the, the I won't say the lunacy lunacy or, or the idiocracy of this guy but he got to see his dad be human he got to see his right. dad be human basically but as far as Ivan Vanko goes I think he was a great villain for this movie I still think he was 100% better than the Mandarin from, from the third movie 
Yeah, so I enjoyed it. But that wasn't actually the Mandarin, so yeah. Well, that guy. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys think about Happy getting knocked down by Natasha? I, I thought that was funny. I deserved it. <laughs> it was one of the best parts of the movie. He was... I mean, he was... He was, you know, about this close to getting his butt kicked just from, you know, underestimating her. So. Well, when you, well, in, 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 I don't want to say in Happy's defense, but in Happy's defense, the way the camera angle was set up, they had her set up as a small girl who couldn't take care of herself. Yeah. Who didn't look like she had a lot of muscle or maneuverability around her. So what are you trying was, to say, it, dude? No, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm small. I don't, I don't look like I, I could, you know, jack someone up, but. But I that's could. And that. But see, that's the I'm talking about. That's what. The, that's the way the camera kind of put it was so that you wouldn't think that from her, and then she just ripped the crap out of Happy, which was pretty funny. Uh, it was. It, it no, was, was funny. Bit, how he was a bit condescending, though. Oh, he was. He was. He deserved it. Yeah, he totally deserved. He totally deserved to get his butt kicked. But it goes to show. Oh, absolutely. Do not judge a book by its cover. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, he he definitely one hundred percent deserved to get the crap be out of him for that. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. So I, I did like the way that 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 Tony decided he was going to try to investigate her on the on the table and just start. How do you spell your name again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just start pulling pictures of her, and oh, and well, he's like, I, I need he, her. I, <laughs> I want her. I want one. I want yeah. her. But I, no, I, he, I, pulled okay, that, I will... he pulled that in the in the Senate hearing too. Like he he just you know hacked everything right there in the middle of the Senate. Like don't oh. don't they actually have like like rules against that? I mean. Tony Stark and rules. I, I will say that was one of my favorite scenes in this movie was when he is going after the, the Senate chair and they're uh-huh. just going back and forth with you. Of course, I'm not going to say what the Senate guy, when you know what the chairly head uh-huh. said, but he pretty much said, screw you, Tony. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I thought that Senate hearing was one of the strongest parts of the movie. I really liked how Tony in that scene was being very arrogant. Um, but it came off very, very well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, because the government was also being very arrogant. Uh, read this specific line, but if I read it, it's going to be out of context, so you have to understand the whole entire thing. I really like those, because I think that you do see that a lot today. Yeah, you do. You, if you mm-hmm. if you listen to some of the, the Senate and Congress congressional hearings lately, it sounds a lot like that some at some points. But, no, it... Uh, I'm trying to think... Actually, it, this is this is maybe the you know liberal commie pinko in me talking, but the way that entire hearing went down, I wouldn't want the government or private private hands you know ensuring world peace. Like, although I might trust Tony Tony Stark a little more than I would trust the government, but still, it's like, no, no, you don't. No, we, I don't want just one person deciding who who gets you know who gets who gets to you know decide world peace. That just made me a bit nervous. Yeah. I just like the line where 
Um, you taking over Iron Man? Well, I'm Iron Man, so that's prostitution. <laughs> or indentured <laughs> yeah. servitude. Depending that if you pay. That was funny. That was good. Oh, was somebody, good, yeah. he has got some great one-liners um, in, in, in this movie. His one-liners have always been good, though. Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's talk about one of the negative things because outside of what Fred said as far as the pretentiousness of Tony Stark, which I do see that as a criticism of this movie. Other people have said it before. Um, one of the bi- other biggest criticisms, I know one of the reasons that I think Lizzie doesn't like this movie. Well, not that she doesn't like it, but she doesn't think it's as good as number three is because of the way that they treat Natasha in this movie as a as a almost as a sexualized character. Um, that was that was her assignment, though. I, I understand that, but but it was almost at the time like did did we re- what I think what the main criticism is do we really need that we understand she's a girl do we have does she have to wear what she's wearing does she have to act like she's doing in these kind of movies and and I know that is one of the criticisms of this movie like she was only brought in because of the way she looked to add that kind of appeal to this movie in this universe. Well, there's a specific moment um, when they're about to um, go and infiltrate the building that um, happy is like, do you really have to wear that? So I think they knew what they were doing and they were playing, playing that out a little bit. I did. I mind that she was in this role and it was very sexualized. I, it w- in this movie, she was memorable, and I think that that's what they wanted. And I think that because of how attractive she looked in this movie, they managed to do that. Um, but it's nice that they toned it down afterwards because Natasha is not hyper, like very sexualized in the rest of the movies. It's just her outfit. But about like in- other than that. Okay. Well, if we take a look back, because Tony Stark, he is very arrogant, like we've been saying, and all about himself. No, He wouldn't waste a look on someone who wasn't trying to um, be that complete package, that um, yeah. super sexy ninja assassin type secretary. Like, he, he wanted that. And yeah. that yeah. He, if she... Fury knew exactly how to get Stark's attention. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Natasha played it perfectly. And I don't think she would have been able to do that if they uh, weren't overly sexual in that first scene. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And, and I do agree that they do kind of tone it down in the later movies. Um, you know, when, to, to me, okay, I'll just put it out there. To me, when I think of like an over-sexualization of, of a female character in a movie... I don't really think of Black Widow um, in the Marvel. More than likely, I think of like Angelina Jolie when she was in the Tomb Raider movies. Yep. Yeah. Like to me, that was when you, when you, when you, when you really just used her body for, you know, to sell the tickets. I mean, I, I mean, there's no, there's no way around it. I mean, that I thought that they could have done the new, the new torn, the new Laura Croft movie was better to me than the other I, two, but that's yeah. Just, Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion because it, it wasn't about the sexualization of the, of the of the girl. It was about the actor and the actual story. And I thought that was good. Um, but that, that I know that's one of the criticisms that I hear a lot with this movie is that is that issue with Natasha. Um, well, they, do 
do I think they have some validity? Yes, I do. Do I 100% agree? No, well, no, I don't. But then again, I'm a I'm a white American male speaking to this issue. Do they so. do they oversexual? I mean, compare as you said, compared to Laura Laura Croft, or compared to something like you know, say, Red Sonia. I mean, she was pretty covered up for most of the movie. You know, compared to a lot of other, you know, female ro- female roles that are similar to that. You know? I, I think that what I appreciate in this movie is that we know that there is a relationship between Tony Stark and Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. And they do not use Natasha as kind of like a wedge between those two. Because that is a common trope in movies that a sexy secretary tries to get in between two people that are still like iffy about each other. And and I think that if they had gone that route, I would have disliked Natasha's over-sexualized role a lot more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I agree with that. I, that that's a good observation. That was a, I think that I think, but I, again, I think that wasn't part of her assignment. Her her assignment was to keep tabs on Tony. Yep. And, and she needed to do that. And and, and she had yeah. to wear the dresses and look beautiful, and she did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, up and up until up until the end of the movie, where you know, Tony finally kisses Pepper and realizes, hey, I want her. You know what? What is Tony? What is Tony after? He's after, you know, what what gets Tony's attention? Women, hot women. Yeah. You know? And that is what Natasha was playing. Mm-hmm. A hot a hot woman who happened to be able to kick some ass. Which she did, by the way, which brings me to one of my favorite other favorite scenes where it's when she infiltrates Hammer Hammer Tech and so she just rakes through like the uh, the whole security team and Happy finally finishes that one off and I was like, all right, <laughs> I got <laughs> one. I got he one. He was so happy and then, <laughs> then it just went to hell. It was really funny. I like that scene. I like seeing her in action. I think that this is, I think one of the one of the few times we see her do a lot of hand to hand combat. Oh, so I really appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazing. I think this is a preview for what Black Widow could look like. Yeah. I agree. Agreed. Anything else you guys got about this movie before we head into some plot holes? Which, you know, there's there's not a lot, right, Fred? Hmm. There's <laughs> more plot holes in this movie than there was in The Phantom. Wow. And that one had a lot of plot holes. I don't... I still don't care. <laughs> Oh, anything else then? Nope. Oh, oh. oh I, I had one. I had one more. Okay, what, the first time you saw the movie, when did you predict that Vanko uh, was going to turn all those bot the drones against everyone? No, oh, from the very start. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The moment he walked into Hammer Technologies, I'm like, yep, there they go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, moving on to potholes uh, and goofs. Excuse me. Uh, character error around um, an hour three minutes when Nick Fury and Natalie Rushman are with Tony Stark and give him the vaccination to cure his 
cure him from blood po- uh, poison the cure the blood poisoning. Uh, Nick Fury gives him a syringe filled with li- lithium dioxide. However, lithium ions have a single positive charge, while oxygen ions have a double negative charge. As such, lithium o- lithium oxides have two atoms uh, of lithium per atom of oxygen, not two atoms. Of oxygen, oxygen per lithium, as lithium dioxide would suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, any oxide of lithium would decompose immediately in any kind of water solution, such as would be required to inject it into a person. Hmm. That's a lot of words. The more you know. Yeah. Um, Ivan Banko makes occasional errors in Russian, tense, case, etc., that no native speaker would do. Oops. Um, around one hour, 11 minutes, while this is meant to be meant to demonstrate Justin Hammer's incompetence as a weapons designer, he incorrectly refers to the M26 modular accessory shotgun system as the M24. Oops. What a guy. Yeah. Around also around one hour eleven minutes, uh, Justin Hammer refers to the assault rifle as an FN two thousand. It's actually an F two thousand made by Belgian arms factory manufacturer FN Herstel. Um, also around one hour eleven minutes. Uh, these are all according. These are all re- re- um, surrounding Justin Hammer. In case you hadn't noticed, uh, there's a lot of plot holes <laughs> involving Justin Hammer. I'm super, I'm shocked. Um, Better well, research, I, people. <laughs> or, or it's just Justin Hammer not knowing what the bloody heck he's talking about. And that could be what they were trying for. Yes. Um, so when while showing off the M134 minigun, Justin Hammer claims the military refers to this as Puff the Magic Dragon. The title was actually given to the AC-47 gunships that used the minigun. Uh, when Hammer is showing Rhodes an array of weapons for sale, in addition to incorrectly calling an M26 modular accessory shotgun system the M24 shotgun, he also states that it is a pump action when it is actually a straight pull bolt action. Dadgummit. Wow. Um, around an hour and three minutes, when Colonel Fury uh, confronts Tony, Natasha says, according to Mr. Stark's database security guidelines, there are redundancies to prevent unauthorized usage. In reality, redundancies do not help prevent unauthorized usage. They provide fallbacks. Hmm. Mm. Um, continuity. At around one minute, at the end of Iron... At the end of Iron Man, when Tony Stark reveals that he is Iron Man, he has blue index cards in his hand. At the beginning of Iron Man 2, when Anton Vanko is watching the news, when Tony reveals he doesn't have the cards in his hand, uh, like in the first movie. Oops. (laughs) Maybe he threw them away real quick. When you said, said, I am Iron Man, boo! Mic drop moment. Um, at around one hour, two minutes, while Tony Stark is talking to Nick Fury in the diner, uh, the poisoning streaks switch sides of his neck. Most of the time they are on, on Tony's right, but in one in one shot they are on Tony's left. Oops. They move around. Mm, yeah. Um, at around eight minutes during the expo uh, speech, uh, Stark is wearing a pinstripe suit with a white shirt and black bow tie. 
While he's checking his blood for toxicity immediately after the speech, he is wearing a different suit, black tie, black shirt, shirt, no tie. At around 1 hour 26 minutes, uh, when the particle beam from uh, Iron Man's particle accelerator is cutting everything in half, it doesn't cut the cables going to the center, the centerpiece holding the material uh, that the new element will be created from. And this doesn't damage the centerpiece either. <laughs> it also doesn't damage the particle accelerator itself, which is highly improbable considering that it could clearly cut through steel. Yeah. What up, bump? In Tony Stark, we trust. There you go. Well, thank you, Carrie, for those plot holes. As there were many. Yes. All right. Well, it's time for Rotten Tomato Says. Uh, we've got two for you here. The first one is if there were any new ideas, I failed to spot them, as did my bone marrow, which slept through most of it anyhow. Wow. <laughs> And this one gets even juicier. Marvel is so excited about the Avengers, they've decided to make a two-hour advert for it, pass it off as a film, and charge admission. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these these reviews that are amazing to listen or read. (laughs) Oh. Andrea... Wait, it no, before we before we go to the movie rating, we should talk about the um the end credit scene because when I saw it this uh, time yes. around, I got goosebumps. Like Yay. it felt it felt like oh my god, Fred. It's Iron it's no, it's not Iron, Iron Man. Man. It's uh, <laughs> It's Thor. I got so excited and and I think that that is a win for them. The fact I... that they can Bring me to those emotions again. I got ex- I got excited too. The fr- I, I remember getting excited the first time I watched it because I mean, Thor is kind of my guy, uh, <laughs> pantheon wise. But yeah, I was like oh, ooh, Thor is that- Thor is Andrea's guy, not pantheon wise. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> no, no, I can give him to um, Carrie. There's there's other. She's moved on. I got that. Yeah, you got that. She got her real life Thor. Exactly. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh. So. Well, how how are we writing this, Andrea? <laughs> She's like, oh, we've never gotten. <laughs> One out of ten drunken stupors. <laughs> so we're gonna be rating it. One out of ten hammeroid attacks. Is that hemorrhoid attacks? Is it hemorrhoid like a H E hemorrhoid? Or hemorrhoid as in Thor's hammer. No, as in Justin Hammer's droids. Oh dear. I thought it was an actual hemorrhoid like they were poorly they were poorly named, just like a lot of things in uh, Justin Hammer's uh, uh, arsenal. I wonder if they sat on pillows. (laughs) <laughs> Ouch. Wow, we're Fred. getting deep in here tonight <laughs> oh i have to remember so, the rankings now oh dear so who's first andrea fred with a big old All yawn right. 
I rate this episode a 10, but I rate Iron Man 2. Huh. I'm going to go... 7. All right. Yeah, I rated the first one a 9.5. I think the first one is night and day above this one. I I think they needed to cut out the whole drunken stupor thing. I think they needed to improve the story. It was very predictable. And... Yeah, I, I think a seven just for the action and it pushed the Marvel story along. Yep. Andrew, your mic's off. Right. Right. Gary! <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost um, did not feel. Okay, so this is, it's, this movie is not as good as Iron Man 1, obviously. Uh, but I find this one very, very enjoyable, despite the plot holes. And even, I, can, I can even forgive Tony a bit for, you know, trying to go off the deep end when he thought he was, you know, didn't have much longer to live. So I am going to give this one an 8. And Michelangelo. Freak to the yeah. Alright, so check it out. I'm going to give this movie a... I'm going to float around with Fred. I'm going to give this one about a 7 out of 10. It's not great as like the first Iron Man, uh, which I don't think can be top better to me than the third Iron Man that we're going to see. It does move the movie along. I mean, the plot along. Um, it introduces Thor at the end of the movie. Um, and it's just, it's an all, I wish we could have gotten more Ivan Vanko. I understand why we didn't, but I really loved his character. So um, it's going to get a 7 out of 10 for me as well. Hammeroid attacks. Awesome. Beautiful. And I'm going to be given this movie a 7 out of 10 um, for the same reasons. It's not my favorite. I know that it's building up to kind of like that climatic moment where Tony Stark finally starts to kind of become more human. Um, and just he gets B-I-T-C-H slapped in the face in the third one. So 7 out of 10. Um, I think that it had good elements, but it just fell through in some of them. All right. Awesome. Well, we have finally reviewed Iron Man 2 after many, (laughs) many weeks of saying, we're going to get to it. We promise. We're going to get to it. We promise. We have finally gotten through Iron Man 2, only to bring up the next movie of Jonah Hex. This movie only made $11 million in the box office. little preview. Um, it does star Josh Brolin, um, John Malkovich, Michael Fassbender, Megan Fox, Will Arnett. Um, so I mean, what could go wrong? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) um, so. And then uh, after that, we have Batman under the red hood. Yeah. I don't know. Or are we doing Thor? I'm looking at, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. I'm not looking at the list. So. Jonah Hex wasn't even on was isn't even on this list, so I'm not sure where you got that. But okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe okay. I should update. Maybe I should update the list. Maybe I'm looking. Maybe I'm looking at. Maybe I'm looking at, a, at an old list. You probably are looking at an old list. Huh? I, felt, I hear I'll... dog barking in the background. That's, 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 that's on my end. Sorry. Oh no, that's fine. I, I mean, I brought a cricket to the, you know, to the party. We, we can our daughter, still hear it. Party. Our daughter can you still is hear sleeping. It? Yes. You, 
Well, it's not as loud while I'm actually outside. No, it's Nowhere not. It's no, very stuck. faint. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I found Batman the update. Oh, it is Batman Under the Red Hood. Cool. So after, after Jonah Hex is Batman Under the Red Hood, then the Green Hornet. Ooh. Ooh, excuse me. Yes. And, oh. and then Thor. Nice. So, ooh, and then we get the X-Men First Class. Ooh. And then Deadpool returns for... Green Lantern. The Green Lantern. So, but we'll talk about all that when we get to it. But we're going to kind of close this show out by saying, hey, again, we want to hear from you guys. You can email us. You know what? Do we really need to go through the spill? Because everybody has already known where we're at on Twitter and on Instagram and Discord and email. Should we go through the spill again? They've already skipped ahead, Mike. They probably <laughs> already have. Episode. They're probably wondering if we're going to get anything good. So, hey, find us. Go to randomchatter.com. Find everything. Spread it. Support it. Rate it. Love it. All that. All that. All that good stuff. Um, and the Music Universe podcast is High Roll Mode by Blue, Stolly, and Sillies and Sounds. All trademarks are owned by the respective owners. Until next time. Um, hemorrhoid attack. Keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> See you, I'm buddy. Gonna get Mike, so I'm going to get Mike a pillow. <laughs>